welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Stand up. I'm revealing it right at the very start. It's going to be an incredible year. I love that it's been prophesied off this platform three times already before the word is even brought. Thank you for beginning with that, Rach. I loved the words she used this morning in that prophetic song when she said the Holy Spirit is going to take control of our calendars this year. And, you know, if I could encourage you to do anything this year, for many of us, you've made plans or you've set things in motion, you've put things in calendars, you've made decisions around things, you've assessed the regrets of 2022 or many for many years maybe, and you've made new choices for 2023. But before you take a step into 2023, can I encourage you to do something? Ask the Holy Spirit to take control of the calendar, to take control of the plans that you've put in motion, to breathe life into everything that you do this year. Do you know, uh, over this Christmas period, I've spent some time reading the Gospels. I'm sure many people do as a practice as you go back and you read the beautiful Christmas story. But when you read the Gospels to read the Christmas story, you realize that the Gospels is the entire story of the reason we get to stand in this house free today. And it is because of Jesus Christ. And so we've celebrated such an amazing season And while I was reading the Gospels to simply remind my soul about the birth of Jesus and the gift we got given, when he arrived, I'm reminded of the purpose on why he came. And in many of us in the last week, while we've had some downtime, we'll have been reassessing our purpose. What are we going to do this year so that what I put my hands to, what I put my finance to, what I put my energies to, where I put my time and attention has value when I sit here next year, right? So we'll be reassessing our purpose. And while I was reading the Gospels and for our family, we love to do something very specific around Christmas. We love to watch the Chosen series. Is anybody fans of the Chosen here? Every year at this time, they start to release a new season, which is so exciting and So we are anticipating every Tuesday for when a new episode drops and we're in season three right now. But this season or this series so beautifully starts to unpack some of the characteristics of different characters within those Gospels. And so putting together the reading of the Gospels and the purpose of why Jesus came and then some of the highlights that have happened for me for this series, I I focused in on one specific character over this uh, Christmas season because, like for many of us, you can identify or I can identify with some of their journey. Have you ever had that where you're reading somebody's story in the Word of God and you're like, it's like they were following me, but I'm a fisherman instead of a preacher, right? Sometimes we have this and we go, oh, it's like they're following my story. God's Word if you read it in its entirety, actually has your story in it. And your seasons may change, and that's why there are many stories in there, but the answers for how you live with purpose are found within that book. 
And so as I was reading the Gospels, a particular character for my life started to really highlight. And so I started to go over each book and highlight every time he was featured and go, okay, God, what are you trying to show me through this particular character that I'd really noticed was being highlighted to me? And this particular character was Peter. Now, for those of you who've maybe never read the Gospels before, for I know that we've got many new people here today, and maybe you've just never opened Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and had a really good read about Jesus's life, but there is a particular character in there, and his name is Peter, and his, uh, his, actually, his original name is Simon, and then it is changed to Peter, which is a whole nother sermon because this is what God does when he gets on your life. You were once one way and he does something, he encounters your life, calls you out and says, come follow me and then he gives you a new identity, which is the most amazing thing about Peter's life. But this is, this is what really stood out to me that I would love to start our year with in Peter's story because our brand new theme for 2023 is called Up and Out. And I'm so excited about this. This year, we're looking up to God so that we can reach out to our world. Now, this was the purpose that God was calling Peter to do. He was calling him out of a certain lifestyle to come follow me, to look at him, look at Jesus so that he could reach his world, so that he could go out. In actual fact, this particular guy was so called out to do this, Jesus called him out, not just to come follow him and then I'm going to get you to reach the world. I want you to come follow me and I'm going to get you to lead this for all of history. I'm going to get you to set up, as we know it, the church. I'm going to call you out to appoint leaders to equip people to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm commissioning you, Peter. And so the part of the story that really stood out to me, because each and every one of us will be evaluating our purpose right now, and there is not one person seated in this room, whether you've been a part of this church for 23 years or you walked in here for the first time today, there is not one person sitting here today that Jesus hasn't called by name and said, come, follow me. Even if you're hearing about Jesus for the first time today, it's no accident you're here. He's saying to you today, Mary, come follow me. Jacob, come follow me. Paul, come follow me. Peter, come follow me. But it's not the end of the sentence. When he called them, he didn't say, come follow me and just know me. He called them and he said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There is an end of the line of this particular uh, gospel, uh, this message gospel that he's saying to each and every one of us, Harry, come follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Joan, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It's not limited to Rachel, come follow me and know me. It's a really powerful, 
powerful calling and every single one of us have been called to this. But as I, as I looked at this story, I found something that I have can definitely identify in my own life and I'm pretty sure that as you've been evaluating your 2022 or past to make plans and purpose for 2023, you might just find in common with Peter that I would love to speak about today because I believe to step into 2023, to step into the prophecy of a Nehemiah church, for us to step up and out, we're going to have to look at like Peter did in our own lives. And so I want to insert us into the story right now in a part of the Gospels where one of the greatest things on the planet, Jesus' purpose, is fulfilled. So Jesus, if you didn't know this, and it's okay if you didn't know this, I want to let you know, we celebrate Christmas because a baby wasn't born, a saviour was born for this world. And in just a couple of short months, we will do massive celebration again because the purpose of the gospel stories, the purpose of the books, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John, is to give an account of Jesus' life and the purpose of why he was here, which was to die for you and I, to atone for our sin. Now, you might not have ever heard about that before, but the truth is, is you're very aware of your shortcomings. Thus, you would have made new plans for 2023, all right? So maybe your shortcomings in 2022 was your food intake or your excess food intake or your lack of exercise and movement. Whatever it is, you will have made plans in 2023 to combat the deficiency that you had in 2022. And if you haven't, and maybe you made the same plan in 2022 that you're making in 2023, there is a good chance that without this moment of learning from Peter's life, at 2023, 2024, you'll be making the same plan, but with last year's Christmas pudding and this year's Christmas pudding, all now as a part of the plan to deal with in 2024. The truth is, is there's something so spectacular from Peter's life that each and every one of us have something to learn from that I would love to unpack here this morning and it is because of a very specific reason. Peter had already been called by God. He'd been called, he'd been set apart. He said, Grace, come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. What does that look like today? He's saying, Grace, Come follow me. I have created you to be a worshipper and a leader. I've called you out to do this, right? He said, Chris, come follow me. Would you lead a generation in the most beautiful, intimate worship? Teach others to do the same. I have this call of God for you, your purpose. Peter had already been called more so than that. Peter was being equipped. He was attending creative every Tuesday. He was being trained to lead people to praise Jesus. He was equipping himself in the Word of God so that when he worshipped in song, he would be able to lead us into new places in worship that he'd never done before. 
Now, I'm using a worship metaphor. I don't know that Peter was a worshiper. But I can use these two as an example this morning, say they had answered the call of God and they were being equipped. Peter had had this opportunity to walk closely with Jesus for a long time. He had had not just an intimate experience, but probably the closest experience of anybody on the planet of who Jesus is and how to follow him well. Because, G- because Peter, of all of Jesus' disciples, was his favourite. Now, he's not claimed as it in the Bible because if you read John, John claims he's the favourite. That's because he had a revelation of God's love. But Peter was who Jesus drew in the closest. So think for a moment for those of you in the room who have followed Jesus for more than a couple of days. Think for how your world would look like if you personally had been called by Jesus to walk with him for three years intimately, learning each moment, watching him, studying, eating with him, fasting with him, praying with him, being taught by him. In essence, Peter was Jesus' best friend, his closest confidant. He was the closest person. Think about the closest person in your world today. The person you are most intimate with who does life with you, maybe it's children, maybe it's a husband or a wife, maybe it's a family member, a best friend, whoever that is, this was Peter and Jesus, okay? So it's at this part of the story I want to insert us today. Jesus' purpose for us is being fulfilled. He's walking off to his crucifixion. And in this moment, Peter fails. The person who'd been most equipped to be the best Christian on the planet, the person who had had the most intimate time with Jesus, he failed. Now, Jesus prophesied it, and I know he prophesied it for a reason we're going to jump into shortly. But he says to Peter, when I'm being crucified, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny my existence. You're going to deny that you know me. You're going to deny that you follow me. And you're going to run away and hide. And Peter does this three times. If you know this familiar story around our Easter season, you find that Peter denies when he is asked by people when they say, aren't you one of his disciples? No, I'm not. Don't you follow? I'm sure you're with that group. No, I'm not. No, I do not know who you are speaking of. And Peter runs and he hides. Peter fails at probably one of the most crucial times in his best friend's life. He doesn't just fail personally, he fails his friend, right? And so I want to insert us into the story right now because this man was one of Jesus' most intimate friends and yet he fails. In one of his hardest times, most challenging moments, he failed in every way. He left him alone to suffer and he denied him to save himself. We do this all the time when we fail. All the time. 
We've all failed. We've all responded badly in moments. We've all sinned. And we all requ- we've all required another response but acted out of our flesh. And then to save face, often we've denied it, run from it, and even hidden away so that others and Jesus would not see it. They wouldn't see our shame. They wouldn't see our insecurities. They wouldn't see our brokenness, our selfishness, our self-preservation. And yet, as I was reading the Gospels in John 21, I found these words that jumped back out, of me, back out at me. And it says it three times. It says, but Peter stood back up. Peter stood back up. When our flaws and our brokenness and failures come knocking on the door, trying to hold us back, who, what, and where do we run? Now, each and every one of us this morning would like to think we would run straight back into the arms of Jesus. But I want to insert you into Peter's story and show you what he did, because this is what I think that each and every one of us can learn from stepping into this year. In John 21, verse 1 to 3, it says, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Peter says, I'm going out to fish. And they said, we're going with you. So they went out and got into a boat, and they fished all night, and they caught nothing. Now, for those of you who have read this story before, you've probably heard many sermons on the amazing miracle of Jesus being on the shore, telling them to cast their net on the other side, and they've got a catch too big to fill. A but God sermon. This is not a but God sermon. I'd like to focus on the moments in between this story this morning. In this Gospel of John, these words in chapter 21 jumped off the page. This was after Peter's denial, after Jesus' resurrection, and even after Jesus had appeared to his disciples twice. This is where this story happens. So Jesus has died. He's risen from the dead. He's appeared to his disciples twice. And this is where this story happens. Peter says, I'm going out to fish. And the other disciples say, we're going with you. Peter had seen the risen Messiah, even shared a room with him, and he didn't fall on his face in repentance. He didn't ask for forgiveness. Instead, he went back to what was familiar to him. He went back fishing. For that's who he was before he was called by God. This is, this is a pattern that we run with. Do you know, in 2022, I don't know what your life looked like, but you do. You will be acutely aware of where you failed. Maybe some of your resolutions that you have penned for 2023 were penned in 2022 But at a certain spot, you failed, and so you went back to what was familiar. This is what we do when we fail. This is what we do when we're broken. This is what we do 
out of our default in our flesh. But I want to show you in this story what Jesus does in Peter's story. Because there's, a, there's something for each and every one of us to catch here today, to step into 2023 and know our response for when we mess it up. Whatever you've penned for 2023, as this year I'm going to, there's going to be a moment you mess it up. There's going to be a moment you stuff it up. There's going to be a moment that you said, I will never, and you do it. It can be as big as a major life stuff, stuff up. It could be as small as, for those sitting in the room, I'm going to write, you'll remember this, if you're older, you'll remember this, I'm going to start, I'm going to do my school books really neatly this year. You know what I'm talking about. I did it every year, that commitment to my school books. I'm going to on page one, two, three. And the minute you hit four where you do it in a rush, that's it. You go back to the familiar and now the rest of the book is a mess and you start doodling on the front. And We do it. We go back to what is familiar. And yet Peter teaches us something in this story. Instead of, instead of running to Jesus, he goes back to what is familiar and he didn't go alone. Notice this. He roped in other disciples to come on this fruitless mission with him, catching nothing. We have to be vigilant as we too can continue to go back to what is familiar after failure until we choose to jump out of our boat and eat with Jesus and allow him to restore us. This missing little part here these couple of words or this little part of a story is not simply about a breakfast. There's no miracle in the breakfast mentioned here. It says Jesus already had the breakfast prepared. There's no miracle here for us to take a sermon from, but there is a miracle for Peter's world that each, enough us, each of us can have as a miraculous key we can take into 2023 for when we fail or if we've failed. Because there will be people sitting here today who 2023 right now has no plans. Because the pain of failures prior to this year has you stuck in familiar. Has you stuck in what is easy, what you were like before. It has you stuck in a hidden addiction. It has you stuck in financial ruin that doesn't look like you can get out. You're sitting in a place of stress all the time. It, it has you stuck in broken relationship with friends and family because it seems easier. It's familiar. It's who you were before Jesus came into your life and said, let me show you what relationship really looks like. I want to read this from John 21, verse 4 to 13. We have to be vigilant to continue to not go back to familiar after we fail, to jump out of our boat and eat with Jesus and allow him to restore us 
like only he can. In John 21, verse 4, it says, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And he said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. These guys in their familiar were actually experienced at their familiar. They knew what they were doing. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, and if you haven't figured it, is the one who's writing the whole book, John, uh, said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water and the other disciples followed in the boat towing the net full of fish for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the net ashore, and it was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. Now when they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Is anybody right now annoyed with the friend who's asked this question a third time? (laughs) Do you love me? Peter was hurt, it says, because Jesus had asked him a third time. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you, were, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you will not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. This passage seems a little bit odd as a breakfast conversation just before Jesus is taken back to heaven. That's the very next chapter. The very next thing that happens in Jesus' story is that he goes. But the last thing he does before he goes is he restores Peter. At the crucifixion of Jesus, How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Before three witnesses, he says he does not know him and he does not keep his company. He does not follow Jesus. That's in that era, he was saying, I do not follow that man and what he stands for. And so at breakfast, just before Jesus goes back to heaven, He asks Peter how many times? Because when we run, when we jump out of our boat after failure, 
It's going to be sometimes that a friend says, that's the Lord. Like John. We mightn't see him ourselves even if he's just a hundred yards off. But a friend might say, I think this is the Lord. I think God's doing something here in your world. I think God wants to do something in the midst of this failure to do something spectacular in your life. I know that you've messed up. I know that you've failed. But I think that's the Lord. And what I want to call us to in 2023 is like Peter to go, then I need to jump out of my boat and I need to run to him. You know, the safe mode or the comfortable way would have been to say, we should probably go and see him. That's Jesus. We followed him once. But the response of Peter in this moment is that he can't do it anymore from a place of failure. And so he jumps out of his boat. There's another significant moment. The scripture says he puts on his outer garment. A fisherman would have fished to to preserve their clothes in what we class as their underwear. They would have taken their outer garment off and put it in a boat. But he stands up and he puts his outer garment back on and he jumps into the sea to run to Jesus. And because of this moment, post-failure, Jesus says, come and eat with me. Come and sit with me. Come and be restored in my presence. And three times he speaks, do you love me? Allowing him to speak back, back into his identity, back into his purpose, back into, yes, I love you. I follow you. Three times. And Jesus' response to each of those is not, amazing, I love you too. I'm going to be honest, I'm a woman. If I say, I love you, I'm waiting for a, I love you too. He doesn't. He says, feed my sheep. Jesus speaks back into what he called Peter to do. So he doesn't say, because you've messed up, you can't feed my sheep anymore. He actually says, I'm going to ask you again, Peter, would you come follow me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Get back on mission. Get back on mission. Get back on mission. Do you know, each and every one of us are going to have moments that we mess up and fail. We're going to say the wrong thing to someone. We're going to respond in the wrong attitude to someone. We're going to get upset. We're going to cut people off. We're going to do things that are not the way we're supposed to operate because we know Jesus. This was Peter. He knew Jesus. He was on mission and then he failed. Do you know to believe that you will not fail once you know Jesus is probably the very first failure you need to run to Jesus for. We're going to fail. We live in a broken world. 
a world absolutely overcome by sin. But Jesus says today, would you jump out of your boat? Come and dine with me. So there's no, didn't, has anybody noticed there's not penance here? He didn't say, come and fast with me. He didn't. He said, come and feast with me. Come and feast with me. Let me give you an infill. Let me fill you up with my love. Satisfy you so you have no longing. That's what happens. When you come and spend time in Jesus' presence, you are satisfied. You are satisfied in spirit. You are satisfied in your mind. You are satisfied in your heart. You are satisfied in your body. If you're not satisfied in any of those places, maybe you need to jump out of your boat. This is what Peter does. And so Jesus restores him like only he can. Peter could have stayed in the boat, ashamed of his choices, but he humbled himself, took off, took, put on his outer garment and he ran to shore and let Jesus speak truth and love to him. In John 21, verse 15, it says this, 15 to 19. No, I've just read that. This is the conclusion of the Gospels. And so Peter's response is being restored. Peter's response or his reaction to being restored begins in Acts because that's the end of the Gospels. This is the most amazing part, and it's why I titled today's message, Stand Up. Jesus is taken back up to heaven and Peter with just a few of those same disciples who are restored are promised the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what does Peter do? He doesn't go back to fishing. He doesn't go back to familiar. Restored, he gathers followers of Jesus in an upper room and this is where it starts. He stands up and he proclaims the truth and the power of Jesus Christ and calls everyone present to pray and to wait on the Lord. This is what he does. And so the Holy Spirit shows up and all present are filled with the Holy Spirit. And now, post-failure, he's not just restored, he's stood up and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Peter's story is each and every one of our story. You're going to be able to look at 2022 or years before and see failure, see brokenness, see moments where you think that was the end, but it's not the end. Peter shows that, that regardless of whether you've been called and following, you will fail, jump out of your boat. Go and be with Jesus and be restored, for this is where it goes from here, not long He'd been not long before he'd been a failure and a deserter, and now he's empowered and standing up and preaching the very first sermon of Jesus Christ crucified for the saving of our sins. It's remarkable. It says here, it's not just the only thing he does, he also then commissions the very first leader that Jesus didn't appoint from this moment. It says. In Acts 1, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to a room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, 
John, James, they were some of the ones listed just before who were out in the fishing boat. Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. And in those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled with the whole, when, that the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He then preaches that everything that they've just seen has a purpose for mankind. To a whole lot of people who'd followed Jesus, this is what he did. He stood in front of a body of believers and he declared Christ crucified for the saving of our sins. And then it goes on to say this. He stands up again to speak to the town gossip of what was happening in that meeting because the Holy Spirit fell and it became an incredible praise party. (laughs) It looked like New Year's Eve with Jesus at it. And so... Here's the craziest thing. The town gossip, remembering that the town mostly followed God because of the time, the town gossip or the church gossip was that they were drunk, that this was not of God, that this was unruly. And so Peter stands up again to speak to the town gossip on what was happening to those that were filled to to proclaim that the Holy Spirit had come and that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and that they were not drunk. And it began from a place of failure, of humbling and shame, but restored and now empowered by the Holy Spirit, he stands up again with the good news of Jesus. And I'd love to read this. It says, And Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And in the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Do you know that there are people standing in this room or sitting in this room today who you might be looking at 2022 failures and yet the words of the Lord are on your lips because he's saying, would you come out of your boat? I need you to proclaim in 2023 that in these last days, God says, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Those two lines there are specific. That means our young men will get a vision of what this community could look like if Jesus entered it. Our old men will stand back up again and dream dreams of possibility that they did when they were young men. That's what those two lines mean. It's not saying that they will find themselves in places of familiarity after they fail. And that we've been called, because we've been called by name, to prophesy this over our area. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour my spirit out in those days and they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. 
blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is what Peter is proclaiming after being restored from failure. The only thing that gave Peter the dignity to stand up and lead after public denial and failure was the restoring power of Jesus. He stood up and led 120 to wait on the Lord in the upper room. He preached the first sermon after Pentecost, calling thousands to repentance. The only thing that gave Peter the dignity to do that was jumping out of his boat. Imagine if he didn't. Imagine if he didn't. Imagine if Peter had never jumped out of the boat and run to Jesus and been restored. Imagine if he'd never stood up. Imagine if he didn't allow himself to be corrected, restored by Jesus. But he did. And then he stood up to reach others. So can you and I. I pray that you catch that this year. Because whether you are looking at failures of 2022 or your past, or you cannot yet see that 2023 might have one or two or 50 bad attitudes, moments you let that word slip when you think that thought about someone, whatever it is, when you have that extra drink and you know you shouldn't. I pray that in 2023 we catch that there is a response to failure to learn from Peter's life because you have been called to be fishers of men. City Point North, you've been called to be fishers of men to this community. It's no accident you're sitting in this room. It's not Graham and I who've been called to be fishers of men for this community. It's every person here. Linda, you've been called to be a fisher of men in this community. Daryl, you've been called to be a fisher of men in this community. Trudy, you've been called to be a fisher of men in this community. God is not done with this community. And no failure, no brokenness is too much for the restoring power of the love of Jesus. That was his purpose so that Peter could get back on mission, restored. I'd love to pray over each and every one of us this morning because I believe that there are people right now evaluating some failures and you've not made plans for 2023, but God wants to put back into you like he did Peter the words and mission that he'd called you to do. And so right now, as everybody closes their eyes, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would cement this word into our spirit. For those who are sitting with failure, brokenness, addiction, sin, and they feel too hard to break or to step out of, right now, God, I pray that you would begin to remind them of all that you've called them. Begin your restorative, beautiful work by your love and your grace like you always do. Show them. Show them right now, God, all you've called them to be. 
And so right now I'm going to ask you just to think in your mind of those words that Jesus spoke to Peter when he said, Peter, do you love me? Why don't you say it to yourself? Why don't you say, insert your name there? Say, Melanie, do you love me? Brooke, do you love me? Lauren, do you love me? Dakota, do you love me? Nicole, do you love me? Come feed my sheep. Maybe even as I say those words, or you say those words, you're reminded of failure. I know if I was Peter, I would definitely be reminded. When I find myself sitting in the presence of God with my Bible open, I find that my failures and my brokenness scream at me. Does anybody else feel like that sometimes? like a barrier to not trying to keep me from the presence of God. And so repeat it. Shane, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Matthew, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Mary, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Michael, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Michelle, do you love me? And feed my sheep. Annabelle, do you love me? And feed my sheep. Let his beautiful words restore. There is nothing too great that he can't restore. He paid such a price on a cross to cover all sin of all men. So there's nothing in your story that disqualifies you from the love of Jesus. Father, right now, I thank you for your grace, for your forgiveness, for your restorative power for each and every one of us. And so from this moment, we step into 2023, adopting again the purpose that you've called each and every one of us to to reach your world, to look after your sheep, to share the good news of Jesus to everyone we meet. But do you know if you're in this place this morning, I don't want to assume everybody who's walked in here today actually knows Jesus or is in relationship with Jesus. And so if you have walked in here today and you're like, I hear your words and I hear that there is a life beyond failure, but I'm not following Jesus. Then I want to ask you this morning, I want to give you the invitation that Jesus has given each and every one of us to come follow him. Come follow him. Come follow his way of life. He wants to restore you. He wants to show you his love. He wants to sow identity over you. And there is nothing that you've done that He doesn't cover with His blood. Nothing. And so if you've walked in here today and you say, I'm not following Jesus, but do you know what? I need to do 2023 different. I need to follow Jesus with my life for 2023. 
There is no greater decision that you could make for this year than to follow Jesus with your life. And so if you've walked in here today and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, you don't need to know what all that that means. We will walk that journey with you forward from here to share with what it means to follow Jesus. But if you aren't following Jesus and you know in your heart right now that you should, you should make this decision for 2023. I'm going to ask while nobody's looking around, it's just me, would you just slip up your hand and I'll see and say,